The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And it's Holy Week, so it's a much more Catholic sort of show this week. We're, we're about to celebrate the, the biggest event of the year, and you're receiving this pr- presumably on Holy Thursday or Good Friday, depending on when you, when you download your uh, podcast, and whether you're actually perhaps listening to us in Australia, some of our friends who do Catholics of Oz do. Joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Welcome back, Pat. Hi, glad to be here. And joining us for the first time, Father Andrew Kinstetter. Welcome, Father Andrew. Hey, Dom. So, Father Andrew, as we do with new uh, panelists on the show, I just want to take a moment to have you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Father Andrew Kinstetter. Um, I'm a fairly recently ordained priest, a priest of three years. So I'm currently at uh, the Cathedral of St. Mary in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I'm a native of Wyoming and have had a passion for technology and pop culture. I mean, really pretty much my whole life. Um, and kind of interesting to note, I, I discovered you guys from Father Roderick's sensational YouTube video when he <laughs> recorded about his reactions to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yes. So, and I've been a fan of Secrets of Doctor Who for years as awesome. well. Awesome. So. That's that's great. Yeah, that video. I mean, it's still the viral sensation. The the uh, I remember when that <laughs> went out there. That was su- such a such a great time. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. And you're also uh, neighbors to our uh, one of our other panelists, uh, Father yeah. Corey Sneaka, over there in Montana. I like to have to, to think that the center of our country is well represented. Uh, so we're not just an <laughs> East Coast West Coast sort of technology show like so many are. Uh, we we cover the the whole the whole country which is awesome. So let's let's get into our topics for the day. Uh, our first segment, we're going to talk about the new Disney Plus streaming service. And we talked a few weeks ago about the Apple TV Plus st- service that was introduced. Uh, this seems to be the, the time of year when we're going to introduce streaming services. And this is one of those ones that was so anticipated for a long time, because, of course, Disney is a huge entertainment and media powerhouse. Uh, even more so now that they bought Fox, which is mind blowing. And so, what do we know? They they recently, in the past week, announced details finally about what we're going to see. So here's here are the details. So it's going to launch in November, in uh, exactly November. Uh, oh gosh, I <laughs> I lost my place. It's going to launch November twelfth, so the day after uh, Veterans Day. Uh, I, I'm not sure what day of the week that is this year. But uh, so November 12th, and it's going to cost. And of course, everyone wants to know, what does it cost? It's going to be $7 a month or $70 a year, which is less than Netflix and presumably less than Apple, although Apple hasn't said what it's going to be. But everyone's guessing it's going to be about 10 bucks. I don't think Apple has announced. Well, but, but be that as it may, they're going for the a lower price. They had said ahead of time, we're going to come in under Netflix because... You know, we acknowledge we're not going to have as big of a catalog as Netflix does out of the gate. So that's good. So, you know, they, what do we get for that? And we could talk about some of that. So 
for, let's just talk about first your impression of the money uh, matter. What do you think? Is this is is this seven dollars sound about right? Are they are they lowballing it uh, so that they can raise it later, or is this about what these things are are worth? Uh, Father Angel, I'll let you go first since you're uh, just joining us for the first time. Well, so as a huge Star Wars geek myself, to be quite honest with you, seven bucks a month is not at all <laughs> bad for me to fork <laughs> over for this, and. So I also don't at all even pay for Netflix or or any of the other streaming services. I do have Amazon Prime, but I got that because of the shipping primarily, not because of the TV shows. So for me, like I said, I'd pay for it if it was 10 bucks a month. But I do think that the the $7 a month is going to appeal to families a little bit better than a Netflix subscription. Um, you know, so it's probably going to work there and I hope they just kind of stick with that and don't tweak the money later down the road but disney will do what they do so <laughs> how about you pat what do you think of this seven dollars a month that they're they're lining up for that's less than going to a movie a month that's true you know and and so that's kind of one of my things is 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 how affordable is it and i do think for families this will be much more affordable when they consider that there's multiple kids sitting there watching uh, i think this will be a much more affordable method when you look at, you know, I, I remember a few years ago, this probably before I had kids, but seeing other people had kids and they were buying like the VHS tapes and uh, everyone would have like you go into these homes and there'd be a wall three feet long or more of just Disney VHS tapes. And those are 15, 20 bucks each. Uh, you know that this is going to be I mean, this is I mean, this is what they got. They've got Star Wars, Marvel. The entire Disney vault, the entire like their entire back catalog, all of this is going to be on there, and not just the movies that they've made, produced, but all of the sh the new shows that they're going to make. So let, let's talk a little about what the content is. Uh, so for one thing, they've said there will be no none of their R-rated films will be here, and that's that was very interesting uh, because Disney, as a corporation, of course, makes R-rated movies under certain parts of its. Uh, production studios but not under the disney name so i thought it was interesting that they said no we're not going to do that here that's going to go when because they also own hulu which is another part of the conversation that's going to go under the on hulu uh so i think that's usually it keeps it separate which is different from say netflix which you can you, it's pretty easy to stumble on some pretty bad stuff on netflix uh accidentally like the leprechaun or something like that yeah or this new thing they have this uh made for netflix uh netflix original uh love and robots or something like that I, th I forget what it's called but it's an it's a series of animated shorts that's very explicit and like both gory and um the other stuff it makes me not ever want to let my kids you know they have I, they, I know they have a kid's profile where it's just kid-friendly content but, you know, kids will press buttons and stuff and get into things. Oh, yeah. So uh, so what do you so what do you think about that first, that that they're going to keep all of the R-rated stuff over on Hulu and keep Disney plus just it's PG-13 and PG and G movies. What do you think of that decision? Well, as a as a Catholic and a mom, I totally applaud that. Just like I applauded Apple's decision that they were going to try to keep their things more family oriented and not get into the R-rated stuff. So that's very appealing uh, to me on that aspect. Yeah, I, I was I have to be honest, I'm quite surprised that Apple has done what it has to keep those things 
clear of of that sort of content. Uh, it it's it seems to go against the stream. I'm happy about it, uh, but certainly it's 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 interesting. Uh, so so what else? So what are we going to get in in these uh, on the Disney Channel? So or Disney Plus? I shouldn't say Disney Channel because that's a whole nother ball of wax. Uh, we're going to get a bunch of Marvel uh, shows that are produced by the Marvel movie people, not the Marvel TV people. And that when the TV people are the ones who've made the stuff for Netflix, like uh, The Defenders and Daredevil and Luke Cage and that stuff. This is going to be people who make the movies. So we're getting uh, a Loki show starring Tom Hiddleston, Loki from the movies. <laughs> we're going to get a movie featuring um, Wanda and the Vision, uh, the Scarlet Witch and, and the Vision, Paul, starring Paul Bettany and... Oh, the actress's name. I'm trying to remember the actress's name. I just read it and I forget it now. Um, so, and even the, they talked about a, there's a Hawkeye show starring Jeremy Renner. I mean, so they've got big movie stars with these roles. So that sounds interesting. And then we have some Star Wars shows, The Mandalorian, which I saw a teaser trailer for from Star Wars Celebration. And oh, I was geeking out on that one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, they were going to get the Cash and Andor show. Starring um, Diego Luna and uh, Alan Tudyk, by the way, as K2SO, which is a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and and the uh, sixth season of Clone Wars. So there's all this stuff, new stuff. And then all of these classic Disney animated and movies and all this stuff. So it, what do you think of this catalog here? I mean, I, I think, Father, you already said that this is a no brainer for you. This is you're all, you're all in. Sure. Well, what yep. do you think? What do you think of this in general? Are people going to be subscription fatigued out? Or is Disney just so big and attractive that people will have to subscribe? What, what do you? How do you think this was gonna gonna sh settle out? Um, well, so first of all, I guess one point that I had was um, I appreciate the fact that there's no R-rated shows on there. Uh, no real good entertainment does not need that kind of stuff for me to be entertained. I love the the clean humor and. And especially, like we said, for families, I think that's absolutely wonderful. Um, and I think in terms of just, you know, the subscription fatigue, I suspect that many people, especially if they're my generation, which were, you know, kind of the ones making these movies now, I don't think we're going to have an issue with it because it's Disney. And we are the ones, I am the one who had the, the, the bookcase full of Disney movies growing up. And, you know, The Lion King and Aladdin and all of those and our my generation is the ones who are going to be definitely buying into this. And I don't think that we're going to hardly think twice about it. Um, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine today and and her and her husband, you know, he loves Marvel and he's going to get this because of the Marvel side of things. And I'm going to get it, you know, because of the Star Wars side of things. But I also love all the old Disney movies that I grew up with. And I'm going to, you know, watch those again, of course. Um, so. From my perspective, I suspect Disney has the big enough name that they're not going to at all have any problems selling this whatsoever. Pat, what do you think uh, uh, on that? Oh, I agree. I think that to me, in fact, I would probably drop my Netflix and take <laughs> this up instead because mm. on a average month, I watch more on Amazon Prime than I do on Netflix, although there are a few things I like there. And so to me... Disney's no 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 brainer, is it? Say, I, I would add that easily. Uh, I am curious about the catalog. Will they do like Netflix in that not everything is available all at one time, 
Or will they just say, everything's out there, you can go get whatever you want whenever? Because Disney used to have a history of releasing a movie and then about 12 years later re-releasing it again, uh, either for uh, copyright reasons or there's a whole new generation of kids. So I am curious about that aspect of it because it's disappointing when you get used to something being there and it's gone for several months. So they did say that Disney service will start with around 500 films from the Disney library and around 7,000 episodes of Disney TV fair. However, it's also said they will launch with the 13 film signature collection that includes Aladdin, Bambi, the Lion King, and that 18 Pixar films will be available at launch Coco with Coco Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4 arriving later because they've already have those existing contracts with uh, Netflix. They have to wait for those to expire. But so it sounds like it's all going to be there from the beginning, unless they have those current contracts issues. But all the old stuff should be there. That uh, would be nice. It sounds yeah. like, yeah. I mean, that's uh, if they're going to ask us to pay a monthly you know, amount, they better let us have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I hope that their menu system is good, you know, for getting in there, because that's going to make a whole difference. How hard is it to search for something? How hard is it to look for a particular category? How hard is it to make sure that you know which is the last episode you watched? If that's clunky, that could be awful. That's true. That's true. They did say that uh, that will be available everywhere. They're going to have it on Nintendo Switch even and PlayStations. Wow. And, uh, and that the iPad or tablet version, which is that usually the iPad version. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's still Chrome tablets out there somewhere. Uh, they will have Android. Yes. They will have unrestricted mobile downloads, which is pretty interesting, which means that you could download a movie and get on a plane and watch your film without having to be connected to the Internet. So that's a Netflix and Amazon already do that. So that's good. Uh, so that it's interesting that um, one of the things they said, speaking of that, is that both Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame will be streaming exclusive on the service at first. So you won't be able to stream them anywhere else uh, until after they've been on Disney Plus for a while. So I, I find that uh, interesting. I, no word on how long that will be and whether that includes, like, say, buying it, you know, a streaming version from iTunes or Amazon. So that that's interesting. Uh, I, my my opinion is I think this, I think the, the big loser in all this is going to be Netflix. Netflix is going to be the one that people are going to say, well, look, there's no Star Wars anymore. All these Marvel things are there. there yeah, there's, there's, there's a, I still find original Mar uh, Netflix content that I enjoy, but if I had to make a choice, it's going to, this is, with Apple TV Plus coming, I'm not, I'm not yet sold on the content for, that I've seen so far from Apple TV Plus, quite honestly. Uh, but Amazon Prime and then Disney and, and this talk now of a discount bundle with Disney and Hulu because, AT&T, Hulu used to be a, uh, owned by a bunch of people, Fox and Disney and AT&T and Comcast. Well, everyone has, since Disney bought Fox, everyone has now sold their stake to Disney. So now Disney owns it. And, you know, you could get Hulu, which has your local stuff. And then you, and, and a lot of these other shows and the NBC shows. This is looking pretty attractive right now uh, to, to do that. So. It's, it's a lot to look forward to, and it's very interesting. It's a it's an interesting time to be alive when we're getting all of, you know, we're getting Star Wars TV shows and Marvel TV shows and uh, Star Trek TV shows all at once. 
uh, I, as a kid, I could never have imagined living in this this sort of world where we're getting all this. So <laughs> I'm very excited by that. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that this is sort of the, you know, 21st century of the cable subscription. Yeah, that like when I was in college, we had a cable subscription because it was the Internet line. But I never have paid out of my own pocket for a cable subscription for TV services. And this could very well be the first time that I personally do that in this kind of new age of, of streaming and, you know, rather than just going out and buying the DVD. And so I've, I've kind of found that kind of an interesting uh, perspective on, on this whole what the streaming service is today compared to, you know, what it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I look at I've been looking at my cable bundle for several years thinking I really want to get rid. I don't want to be paying for cable TV anymore. I, I want the Internet connection. Um, and I, I keep looking yeah. at Sling and some of these other over the cable TV options that would give me the things that I would miss. News, lo you know, local news. So there's some sports that I want to watch that are only on cable. And and I keep looking at it. I'm, I'm not quite at the point. I don't get a lot of extra on my cable. So I'm not quite at the point where it's financially better, but I really want to be there. I don't want to be giving, in my case, Verizon money for TV. It just, it, I, I want to, I'd rather give it to Disney or Apple TV plus or Amazon prime, which I'm already like, like you, I, I look at Amazon prime as I buy lots of books and other gadgets and things and get free movies and TV shows <laughs> on the side. Right. So. Right. <laughs> And they've been a lot better about some of the movies that they've come and series that they've come up with, too. So oh, yeah. it's, a lot of those are attractive to me. Oh, on yeah. Amazon. I yeah. just uh, I just finished watching two that I really enjoyed. Hannah, which was about the girl who is a like, genetically modified super soldier who whose dad takes her out into the wilderness to escape from the CIA, et cetera, et cetera. That was pretty good. And then The Widow, which was another really good series that they just did. Uh, yeah, they, they see. And then I, I really enjoy their series, Bosch, which is uh, yes, about the detective. I'm looking forward to that to return. Yeah. yeah. And then Man in the High Castle, which has been great for so long. So, yeah, Amazon, I feel like, has been hitting it out of the park with their series. So uh, this is yeah, it's an interesting time to be alive and to be a TV a and movie geek. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's move into things that are of a bit more spiritual realm here. Uh, like we said, it is Holy Week. And so as a tech podcast, I'd like to kind of talk about how can our tech help us have a more spiritually fruitful Holy Week and Easter? Uh, I, I recognize it's, it's Holy Thursday, so we've lost most of the opportunity for Holy Week. But, but for what remains or, or to, for Easter or for next Lent, uh, we can talk about that. So I, I just, if I, I'll start off with uh, just recommending that YouTube is a treasure trove of good uh, music for both the Triduum uh, which is Holy Thursday and Good Friday and the Easter Vigil and, you know, Easter hymns, because Easter begins on Easter Sunday and goes for a whole week. We, that is liturgically the Easter is not just one day, it's seven days. And I love the fact that in our faith, we we our holidays are a week long. <laughs> I love <laughs> yes. that. So but you can go on YouTube and find videos of, of so much of this beautiful, timeless music being performed beautifully. It's it's a really it's a nice resource to hear it, especially if you have a parish where perhaps they don't have a choir or they don't have you know access to musicians who can play that sort of thing, or 
if your choir director and pastor don't really care about that good, great music and you do, th this is your opportunity. So I would like if you if you look for the exultant, which is the uh, chanted prayer at the height of the Easter vigil. I love that prayer. It's my favorite prayer of of the year to hear that. It's just so beautiful. Get a if you get a chance to just to Google it uh, or to, to search for it on YouTube and listen to it sung. That would be that would be a great idea. So, Dom, it, it's fun that you say that because I'm actually chanting the Exultet this year. Oh, um, and I've, yes. I've chanted it before. And the initial way that I had to kind of learn the tune and, and how to chant it was going to YouTube wow. um, and listening to it because I, I do better if I can hear it and kind of follow along versus just seeing chant notation and, and following it there. So, yeah, I, there, there's some really beautiful stuff out there as well. So yours will be out there next time then. Right? <laughs> well, that's that's if my mom comes to record it like silently oh. from the pew, you know, which she did that a couple of years ago. <laughs> so do you have a, I just want to throw to you guys before I, before I give another one. Pat, do you have something you want to recommend that would be a nice a tech or app or gadget thing, a technology thing to help us for during Holy Week? Right. Well, while I'm in the car commuting from place to place to my clients, I often listen to, you know, podcasts like SQPN podcasts. But, you know, I listen to a lot of other things, too, or the radio. So for Lent and for Holy Week especially, I've picked out several different podcasts or audio of the Bible or sometimes audio books that I'm listening to that help me. Like this today, I was listening to one of Thomas Merton's sermons on the agony in the garden. Ooh. And it was just marvelous. It really puts you right into that, uh, that, that meditation. And uh, as far as like movies every year, I, I watch at least one movie. The Passion of the Christ is very explicit as far as its painfulness and mm -hmm. violence, but it puts me there. Yeah. And so I, I do that. That's basically it. As I say, there are a lot of podcasts out there that that are very appropriate for for that. And on my Kindle, I, the other thing is, is I've got several books on the Kindle that are, are that I mentioned in another podcast last week. But it it's about the Easter season and Lent and meditations and Holy Week literature that deals with this. So it's poetry, it's short stories, it's snippets of plays. Those things really help me a lot during Lent and especially during Holy Week. Excellent. Thank you. F Father Andrew, do you have a, 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 anything you want to recommend? Yeah. So I actually, it kind of bounces off of what Pat was even talking about. For, for us as a family, we would always watch the Ten Commandments during Holy oh, Week. Oh, yes. And it was just a, a staple in just what I knew and what to expect. And, you know, and so it was not only was it we, we learned about the Exodus event and, and all of that. It was actually a really cool family experience because it was something that the family did together and it was something that I looked forward to every year. Um, you know, so that would also be a, a, a fantastic movie uh, Plus, to watch. Edward G. Yep. Robinson as that uh, horrible uh, traitor to his people was is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I agree. I love the Ten Commandments. And then the other thing uh, that I uh, did a, a few years ago, and uh, and I've heard people do this as well. So rather than listening to a podcast in the car or listening to, uh, you know, a spiritual book on audiobook, one, uh, it's more of penitential and, of course, non-tech, but is to complete have complete radio silence while you're driving. You know, so that's just a fasting from 
uh, you know, all the media, whether it's just a podcast or because often we just want to distract ourselves. And even if we have good intentions with good podcasts and stuff, often we're just so bombarded with the noise of the things around us. And we almost True. can't sit in a car for 30 minutes in complete silence and use that time to, to meditate and pray. So that could be kind of a, the opposite end of using tech is just completely fast from it in the car. That's a great idea. That is great. We are so surrounded by tech and immersed in it. And I, I, I dare say those who listen to this podcast, probably more so than most even, uh, <laughs> yep. that it's probably good to fast from it, even for, say, Good Friday. I might do that. I, when I go, for my, I go for a walk every morning, and when I go for my walk, I always listen to my podcast. But this Friday, when I go, I may, I may do without, I may even just pray a rosary instead on my walk or several of them because I, I, I walk long enough to pray several. So that that's a great idea. You know, speaking of movies, one that I've picked up in the last couple of years that I like to watch during this season is Risen, uh, starring Rafe Fiennes. And it it sort of picks up from the from Easter morning and follows this Roman so soldier in Jerusalem who's been tasked by Pilate to find out what what's all this business with this this criminal's body that's disappeared. Uh, there's all kinds of uproar over it. Go find it. And it his so it's his sort of journey from his point of view, it's sort of like a detective story of what what happened with the resurrection. And oh, cool! It, I've never seen that. Oh yeah, it's uh, it was really good. I, I have the in fact, I, I even picked up the DVD after I watched it uh, in the theater because it was so good. I want to watch it every year. And so it's a it's a really cool story. It's called Risen, and it stars Rafe Fiennes. Uh, so that's I think it's Rafe. Not his brother. I always get them mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the fine. It's one of the Fines brothers. But one I, of the I think it's, brothers. <laughs> yes, but I think it's I think it's Rafe. So that, that's that's one. And then um, I I want to recommend uh, an SQPN podcast that can be a resource all around the year, but this year, this time of year especially is our PlayStation Portable podcast, which is our Liturgy of the Hours podcast, where uh, Jeff Vista has been doing this for. I want to say more than a decade, every day, wow, wow. each of the hours, the, the morning prayer, daytime prayer, office of readings, evening prayer, and night prayer every day in short, few minutes at a time. And it's a, it's nice. In, in fact, my, uh, my wife, Melanie, uh, Pat's daughter, uh, she often listens to it while she's making dinner, you know, and has something to, to listen to. And our kids listen to it and they've become very familiar with the liturgy of the hours. In fact, my oldest, when she was two or three, learned to pray the prayers from heart. Like she knows she could recite the prayers. So it was just so I want to recommend that as a as a practice and, and you know, check it out. Uh, I, the PlayStation Portable podcast doesn't get I don't, I don't promote it enough. I mean, it really, it should be the one I promote the most on our network because it, it's, I think, perhaps one of the most important things we do. So uh, do you do you guys have any anything else you want to suggest? Uh, well, one of the things that I have is, is uh, technology. I've got an Apple Watch, of course, and an iPhone. And I paid for the Universalis app. And that will, if you set it in the settings, it will send a portion of one of the prayers to, of course, to my phone, but also to my watch. So it pops up, vibrates, and I look down and I see the prayer for that hour or oh. for that time of day, I click on it on my watch, it brings up more of it, you know, the more of the complete thing. And that's been a real help. I really like that. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that. Uh, and it's a great use of the tech that aids in prayer without becoming 
in your face about it. The, the technology is not the point. It just aids in that prayer. And that's precisely the sort of thing I'd, I'd like tech to do uh, when we use it for this. Father Andrew, what do you have uh, uh, to suggest? Yeah, I've got a couple other suggestions as well. And something a bit uh, less techy than, than, say, an app is even just using the, the built-in alarm on your phone. Um, often, you know, the traditional 6 a.m., noon, 6 p.m. times to pray the Angelus. Um, a lot of people will just, you know, set a, an alarm at 11.55 to remember to pray each and every day. So that's that's a phenomenal thing to do. And it just kind of, you know, breaks up our day and gets us out of the out of the busyness or whatever's happening around us and, and reminds us to, to pray. Uh, the other a couple other things that, that I had uh, to suggest is one of them is called the, the Truth in Life app. And so this is an app that's available uh, on iOS and also Android. And it's a dramatized version of the New Testament from the Gospels to Revelation. So it's not just um, kind of a monotone audiobook reading, but there's actually different people that are doing the different uh, voices for for the characters. So it, it it's the the Catholic uh, the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic edition. So none of the words are are changed, but it's just dramatized. So it as you listen to it, it it draws you into the New Testament in a way that just an audiobook couldn't, or if you're just kind of reading it, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful app. So the the Gospel of Mark is free in that app, and then the entire New Testament is available for purchase uh, with $20 as an in-app purchase. And the and the acting is done by like famous Hollywood actors that you will know, uh, like Neil McDonough, Kristen Bell, Sean Astin, you know, on and on and on. I mean, there's some well-known actors who who gave their time for this. And the name of that app again? Truth and Life. So if you just su- search for Truth and Life on the iOS, uh, Apple Store, or the, the Google Play Store, um, it'll pop right up. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes, too. Perfect. Yep. And then the other, the other thing that I uh, have been thinking about and we use here at the parish, and it's funny that this is a streaming podcast because I would also recommend Form.org, which has been called the Catholic Netflix. And most parishes or a lot of parishes have a, a group subscription. So parishioners often can can go there for free. And there's all sorts of catechetical uh, videos, documentaries, movies on the lives of the saints. Uh, the Augustine Institute puts out a ton of, of awesome and, and well done resources. In fact, many of them were filmed at the seminary where I went to in Denver. So it's kind of fun to watch those and see my old professors as some of the presenters in those those videos, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. But if your parish doesn't have a subscription to it, there is a seven-day free trial, and then it's $10 a month as an individual account, which would be equivalent to Netflix, of course. Well, and there's Bishop Barron's website, too. A lot of his things are so well done, and some of them are free, and then, of course, you can subscribe. But... uh you know, my husband, every time one new one comes out, he tells me about it and, and he's so excited. And a big, and the nice thing for that is he can rewind it and listen to the part that he missed a little bit because he has a hearing problem. And so, uh, yeah, some of this tech makes it a lot easier to to for some for accessibility purposes. That's very true. And even Bishop Barron. On his Facebook page, he does a daily gospel reflection. That is the first thing that gets posted every morning. So that's been really cool for even for me to go to and just have a have a different kind of look at the gospel and and reflect on it um, as I go through Lent. But he does it. I'm pretty sure he does it even beyond Lent. It's into just pretty much every day. So 
great resource there. And our parish, they, they're posting the uh, sermons of all three of our priests. So we might go to the 930 Mass and hear Father James's sermon, but we can also go and listen to Father Jesse and uh, the other priests, uh, their sermons later in the week. And again, rewind them because I tend to fall asleep when I'm listening <laughs> to them in a pew. <laughs> so it makes it use a great use of technology for that. Yeah, I, I, we go to an 8, 8 a.m. Uh, mass at my parish, and I don't get coffee early enough for for me. To, so uh, I, I I know our our priests and deacons have wonderful homilies, and I wish I could. I it's I'm sitting in sitting still in a quiet place as a dad of five kids. It's just not possible for me to remain alert. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I confess it every time I go to confession, and I'm trying. But it, to have the the homilies recorded later is is actually yeah, that would be a great resource. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it really is helpful. Well, and especially for for a priest like me, where I don't preach from a script. So I've I've had people who have come to me after after mass, and they say, "Do you have a copy of your homily?" And I. <laughs> kind of give this like awkward like well you know i've got like a few hand scribbled notes but i don't have the actual script because i love to be able to preach without a script because then i feel that i can actually connect with people and i'm not just reading a pre-written text uh but you're right like there's nobody at the cathedral that's recording that and and perhaps it's something we should look into i recommend it especially if they can hook into the sound system that's the key then you don't have the yeah. echo and all that so that would be the thing so let's uh you father Angel, you mentioned the the idea of disconnecting from your tech as a way to to uh, to observe the triduum especially uh so i wanted to just kind of quickly like if you, if you all have any tips or techniques for disconnecting from your tech either during holy week or or something like that if if either of you have anything you wanted to offer sure my uh Initial thought and what I've done this Lent is delete all the social media apps from my phone. Uh, and but even like more so than that, when I when I did that, I did like this purge and I looked at my phone and I just looked at every app and I said, have I even used this in the last seven days or the last month? You know, and I hit the delete button, hit the delete button. Wow. And it was funny because I uh, and, and that that just helps me on a personal level, of course, to just disconnect and to not waste as much time on on the social media on my phone. But I was giving a, a presentation at the parish about a month ago, and um, the, the youth kind of helped serve. There's like a dinner, a potluck, and then and then there's a, a talk. And I was talking about prayer. And at some point, we got into the topic of of Lenten practices and what, what I'm doing. And I mentioned that I was going to delete all the social media apps off my phone. And the look that those teenagers <laughs> gave me was just just priceless. And I was not even quite thinking about it. And at one point, the, the youth minister kind of chimes in and says, well, they, they, they want to know, are you still able to access social media? <laughs> and so so I had to explain to them that, yes, that meant that I have to actually go to a, a computer and log into Facebook on a computer. And it was funny because they sort of didn't even have that concept. They I, I assume it's because they're so used to it on their phone, but they had never even considered you know, necessarily go into a, a physical computer to to go to Facebook or or these sorts of things, and and maybe I made an impact on, on what they <laughs> thought of. I know you can't really do Snapchat or Instagram from a computer, but you can still view Instagram from a computer. But um, so that is definitely my my recommendation, and and it's just it's it's helpful to just purge the apps, even beyond social media. 
It's it's probably like you told them that you were going to uh, go barefoot for forty days uh, in the desert. Uh, to, to take I'm going to take off. cold showers for the next month and sleep on the hard floor. Inconceivable. <laughs> I think they, right. I think they'd rather do that than give up their social media. So what are my tips? Was uh, and and hopefully I'm not stealing this from somebody, but the uh, setting your phone to grayscale. Uh, I know a lot of people have done that where it's if you put the you could and you, it's in the accessibility settings. Or, so for people right. who have vision problems, but it, it's useful for everyone. And what it does is you'd be surprised that when you when you set your phone into a grayscale mode and take all the color out of it, it makes it much less attractive and it's easier to put down uh, in, and to be less absorbed in it. It's, it's very interesting. So that's one way to kind of help yourself disconnect. Pat, did you have uh, one that you... Well, one of the things is, is I I know where the do not disturb is on my phone. And uh, most of the time, I don't get notifications and things like that with a few exceptions. For, for instance, phone calls from somebody that, that, I, that I consider one of my favorites or something like that. But the, the fewer interruptions I have, that helps. The, I'm kind of mixed feelings on the Facebook fast because there are the people that I follow on Facebook have a lot to say spiritually and theologically. And so what I usually try to do is up in the top of the Facebook bar, there's a place that shows you notifications. I don't just go into my stream and read. I just go to the notifications and pop on those people that I know are nourishing that part of me. Oh. And that's been a real help, too. That's it, a great it, idea. I can always go look at somebody's page later, but that way I'm focusing on just the ones that I know will have something to say, like your 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 wife. <laughs> yeah, yes. <right. laughs> and, and a lot of the Catholic bloggers that are yeah. online. There's more spiritual discussion on Facebook that I see than cute puppies and stuff like that yes so that's true that's true that's actually that's a good way if you don't want to completely get rid of facebook following just the notifications yeah twitter you can't really do that which is unfortunate although twitter you can curate your stream so that you're only looking at the people who are most nourishing you're only following certain people so that that's it's a way to do that too i've got a fun kind of side story with your uh gr turning your phone to grayscale yes so uh because we're a tech podcast and a geeky podcast so I have a priest friend who did this this year for Lent. And with the new Marvel uh, Avengers Endgame posters that came out, there was a slight variation that the, the, the heroes who had been killed in the snap were, were grayscaled on the poster. And then the ones who weren't were normal colored on the posters. And so we were having this group conversation with me and my friends and, and Father Brian was like, they're all grayscale. Like I can't see any difference between the pictures. And so we had to, uh, we had to kind of explain that, no, the, the ones who survived are actually in color, but your phone in grayscale can't actually see it. So, uh, so the grayscale thing may backfire in certain situations, but yeah, yeah, when, you, yes, okay. when you're looking at the Marvel poster, yeah, that's a bad a, a backfire. Go to the computer to look yeah. at that one. Right, and also, right, the, new, right. the new Star Wars trailer, watch it on your computer in color. <laughs> So excellent. So th those are all great tips. Thank you so much. So uh, I, we, before we finish up with our picks of the week, I do have some feedback, a follow up on a topic we discussed. I think it was last week. We talked about the GPS rollover bug and uh, listener James Hamel. Hamel. Sorry, James. <laughs> I, I, I try. I have, I have one of those names that people stumble over. So, uh, so I'm going to just say uh, James Hamel. And you can correct me later. He sends a link to a Slashdot article on New York City's related problem uh, that's related to the, the GPS rollover bug. 
it took down the city's internal Wi-Fi network, and it's as 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 of yesterday, it was still down. So this is over a week. So this is a Wi-Fi network that the police department uses for its license plate Ooh. readers. The sanitation and parks department uses it. Uh, the the Department of Transportation uses it to program traffic lights. I mean, this is a a vital piece of their infrastructure. And this $500 million network, uh, which was built for the city by Northrop Grumman, it was, it was offline as of uh, last Saturday, April 6th, uh, when the GPS rollover bug, the, the rollover happened and the bug came alive and it was still down as of 10 days later. So that's a big deal. And they're not disclosing it. They've been keeping it pretty quiet until I think it was the New York Times has been trying to has is is on the story now so they're asking the city and the, so we'll see what happens as that but that's that's an example of well where this was a a real world consequence so this is we were talking about we didn't see a whole lot of real world consequences this is one that's a big real world consequence so wow uh, interesting story there thank you james for sending that in and folks we love to get your feedback and follow-ups uh, from you so that's that's great so uh let's go to our our last segment where we talk about our picks of the week and Father Andrew, you have a pick of the week, one that's near and dear to my heart, see in our, in our rundown. So what is your pick of the week? Yeah, so my pick of the week, um, I figured I needed to give something that I use literally all the time. And so this was something that I started using in seminary. So it's Dropbox. And uh, I started using it in seminary because I would write papers for classes. And and if I'm using the the school computers, but I'm using also my my personal laptop, I was getting frustrating having to email myself this updated file each time that I was writing, especially when I was writing my master's thesis. And that it it was at that point that I realized if I had cloud storage, I could just, you know, sync all the files and, and work more seamlessly. And so I got involved in Dropbox and have just absolutely loved it ever since. And it's one of those that I don't even necessarily consciously think about that I'm using, because what it does is it has all your files in the cloud but then you can have it download physically, well, physically, but virtually onto your hard drive. And then when you change the file on your hard drive, it will automatically sync with the cloud server. So I have just a folder on my computer that's Dropbox. And when I tweak a Word document or the, the MC chart that I have going on for the Easter Triduum, I can update it there and it's automatically synced to the cloud. But then I can also view it on my phone. I can view it on any device that I have Dropbox uh, on. And so and I don't even really think that I'm using it because it just looks like a folder on my computer that I'm using. So I absolutely love it. And uh, so just to kind of give some information about that, there is a, a free basic plan with that that gives you two gigabytes of data. And the only issue with that that I wasn't even aware of until just recently, but it is only it's limited to three devices. That's right. recent. So, yeah. yeah, I think That's March is when it when yeah. it, that kind of rolled out. And so that that means uh, a phone, a computer, uh, a tablet. Those would all be considered devices. But I don't think just logging in through a web browser is considered a device. So, it yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got three devices, two gigabytes for free. And then if you go to their plus plan, which is what I use, it's it's eight dollars and twenty five cents a month for a terabyte of data and unlimited devices. Yeah. And if you if you were uh, if you had a free account before they made the change, you're grandfathered in. But if you change a device, if you get a new phone, you you're back down to three. So 
it's a, it's your grandfather for a while until you have to change your phone. So, uh, but I have to say, Dropbox is the second thing I install on any new computer. The first, the yep. first thing I install is One Password, so I have my, all my passwords, and then the, the second <laughs> thing I install is Dropbox. And Dropbox is vital to the way I do work and to SQPN's operation. We wouldn't be able to do it without it. So I, I wholeheartedly uh, endorse that uh, that pick. Thank you, Father. I also endorse One Password. <laughs> yes. and that, that will be a, I think if it's not already been a pick it will be a future pick that's for sure Pat what is what is your pick of the week well it's to echo what I said earlier because I forgot I was going to do it as a pick of the week but the <laughs> Universalis app because that way I get the notifications and all of the the uh, the, the you know liturgy of the hours and all of that officer readings all comes to my phone and if I set the options, it then pops up on my watch as well that I could click on and see the whole, uh, the whole thing. And I really like that a lot. It, the in-app purchase, I don't remember how much it is, but uh, I, that uh, Universalis, uh, as I say, that's that's it is. I think it's like ten dollars or something like that for to pay for it. It's eleven dollars, or you could subscribe for a dollar a month. I think I just did the $11 or whatever. I just did the one-time charge because I haven't ever paid anything after that. And uh, you can get it on pretty much anything. <laughs> they've, they've, uh, all the iOS, all of the Android, including the Amazon Fire and Kindle Fire, Windows, Mac. You can even get it as an ebook on a Nook or a Kindle. So, yeah, they... And you can get to it from uh, the web website as well on, on a, uh, a Linux or a Ubuntu or whatever, too. Excellent. Yeah, so that's a great pick. Uh, Universalis has been doing this for a long time, and uh, I'm glad to see them. So my pick is an app for iOS, uh, which in its best, I think it's, I, I've only used it on iPad, uh, so I think it's an iPad only, called Pixelmator Photo. Now, Pixelmator has been around for a long time as a sort of um, a Photoshop replacement uh, on both Mac and iOS, uh, and it, it does all those things. But for a long time, people said, well, you know, we don't need all the power of Photoshop. What we really want is just an app on iOS that lets me edit photos, do lets me do more than I can do on iOS, but does it in the, that really awesome Pixelmator way. And so they've come up with Pixelmator Photos, which uh, for an undetermined amount of time is $5, which is a great deal. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if, if it goes up anytime soon. Uh, but it, it, it's, it has such great tools. It's got all the tools you want. But it also has like one click machine learning enhanced machine learning is the thing that everyone uh, puts on their stuff nowadays. But it's machine learning enhanced one click, uh, you know, auto auto enhance uh, button. You can edit raw photos uh, natively. Uh, it it's really it's got some great great uh, tools in it, and they've got all kinds of um, filters and presets that you that come along with it. So it is uh, really. Uh, it's good for both pros and amateurs. I mean, it's get the runs the whole gamut. I mean, there's so much, so much depth to it. These guys have been doing really great work. They even have a, a healing uh, function where you could just, um, it's like a repair tool. So like if there's someone standing in your photo, like, you know, um, uh, if you have an ex, ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend you you want to remove, you can just like print, hit the repair button and then you just kind of with your finger over them and they'll disappear and it will do use like the clone tool sort of thing. But really, almost like Photoshop's content aware uh, tool. And it, it really looks really professional. So check it out. Pixel made a pro works on all the iPads. Gosh, everything. Let's see. iPad fifth generation, iPad mini fifth generation, the iPad air third generation and all the pros. 
you know, uh, and and better. So it it works on a lot of different stuff. So check it out. It's five bucks. So I I I jumped in and in uh, and bought it for five bucks because I, I you know it's, it's, uh, I love to be able to do that on my iPad. Does it preserve the uh, Does it preserve the information in the in the the EXIF stuff? So or does it replace the date created, et cetera? Do I'm, you know? I'm, I I don't know for certain. I'm pretty sure it does. One of the things it does is it it imports the photos. It doesn't edit them in place in the photos library. Okay. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think apps can actually edit in place unless they are plugins. I'm not I'm not quite sure how that works, but but I know that in order for it to work, you have to import the photo in. But I'm pretty sure it saves the EXIF data. Doesn't change it, it like it doesn't change the created information that sort of thing. Good, good. But I think you can actually edit it. I'll have to. I that, I haven't. I don't often edit the EXIF data, so I don't know for sure. But uh, that would be no. But I check. I don't like programs that wipe it out. <laughs> yeah, I I think they respect it if uh if it's That's there. Good. So that that would be good. So those are our picks of the week and. That's our show. Before we, we head out, I want to, as we always do, to give a special thanks to our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secret Set Technology. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be here doing this show and all the other shows we do without the patrons. It's just it's, it can't happen without their financial support. It's just a fact. And so uh, I am extremely grateful to, to all of them. And today we're thanking by name David S., Stan S., Thomas M., Ninth Hour Design and Alfredo B. It's through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Like I said, it, that's what makes it possible for us to do the secrets of technology and all the great shows we have at sqpn.com, including the Catholics of Oz and Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. And by the way, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World is going to be really cool next next month. We get some really cool shows coming up next month. Uh, we, we just recorded them last week. They're really awesome. And uh, Secrets of Movies and TV Shows, which we had uh, The Secrets of the Godfather uh, released earlier mm. today. So being on Holy Thursday, I, I didn't plan it that way. I'm not sure there's a significance <laughs> to that. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it, it's OK to everyone. But it was a lot of fun recording. It. So check out our other shows there, too. And if you want to help us with financial support to keep SQPN going in our mission to explore the intersection of faith and pop culture and technology, you can do so by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think of the, our discussion? Uh, what do you think of the new Disney Plus streaming service, the details? What do you think of how, using or or fasting from technology during Holy Week and Easter? You can let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash Media, And you can leave some feedback there or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. We're also on Twitter at sqpn, as you might get. So you can find all the relevant links for our discussion on our show notes on sqpn.com. And until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. I've enjoyed it. Uh, Father Andrew Kanstetter, thank you as well. You're absolutely welcome. This is fun. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Quest.